You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hi everyone, this is Connie and welcome back to Awaken Radio. So excited to be here with you today, as always. I, you know, I say this every week, but this is one of my favorite uh, parts of what I do and I love these conversations. And, and I'm excited about today's conversation because I feel it's a little bit of a different uh, energy, perhaps to what we sometimes chat about on Awaken Radio, which can get quite, um, quite deep and spiritual at times. And I feel like today's conversation will be really, um, it's going to be really practical and powerful. And I'm going to be talking with my guest, Haley Carr, about transforming your mind, transforming our mindset, right? And, and this is so big for so many of us that really struggle with um, old limiting belief systems and ways of thinking and we find ourselves um, unable to create change, you know, in our habits or our actions or our behaviours or we feel blocked, you know, in ourselves, um, unable to move forward and, and there's usually something going on in our mindset, maybe even on an unconscious level, that's getting in the way. And... Um, Haley, who I'm talking to, is a real expert expert, sorry, on this whole mindset transformation work. So I'm so thrilled I'm going to be talking to her about this. For those of you who don't know Haley, she is a nine times world champion martial artist turned lifestyle and confidence expert and spiritual tush kicker. After being diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and bedridden for two and a half years and almost losing her life, forced to quit competition, she kicked traditional prognosis to the curb and took her health and life into her own hands before returning to win her most recent world title and completely healing her body. Haley describes her fusion of life and health coaching, NLP and fierce intuitive body work as peak performance with a twist. Her most passionate project is teaching people the science of programming their subconscious to create any desired experience and teaching her unique life distinctions through the lens of her travel adventures. These days, she calls herself professionally homeless, exploring new new corners of the globe while educating through her personal coaching, workshops, seminars, and online TV show, Hayley Car TV. She also fondly enjoys writing about herself in the third person. <laughs> now, Haley's got a, a wonderful sense of humor. If any of you have ever watched Haley Car TV, um, her videos are unlike anyone else's videos that I've seen. You, you just get such an infusion of her personality and her energy in her videos. So I highly recommend you guys check that out if you haven't watched them as yet. Um, so let's bring Haley on the line and we can really dive into this beautiful conversation. Hi, Haley. are you there? Hello, how are you going? Hello, I'm well, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is so exciting. <laughs> I know, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, as I was reading your bio, I haven't, I mean, I feel like I've been following your work for a while now and I think I first stumbled across your videos and I was fascinated. I was like, who is this amazing woman? You know, you've just got this incredible... Um, personality and energy that you bring to your work and it was just when I was reading your bio now that I really started to grasp the journey that you've been on because I I don't think I was fully familiar with 
everything that you've experienced and being a nine times world champion. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Um, and so we're going to be talking about transforming your mindset today, which I know is something that you uh, do a lot of work around with people. But, but to kick off, I, I would actually love to hear a bit about the journey that you've taken, because from what I read out, you went through the experience of being a world champion, being diagnosed with chronic fatigue, and then kind of coming out of that and once again coming back to win a world title. So can you share with us maybe a bit about that journey and the role that your mindset or transforming your mindset has played in that for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually something that I haven't really spoken too much about except in the last year wow. um, because I was, I was so, um, I guess, caught up in learning about what I was doing. Like I was doing it and then paying attention to what I was doing and I didn't actually realize, um, I guess, what, what I was doing. Well, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't realize the process that I was going through and how that could actually affect other people. So this is really um, the beginning of me really telling my story um, uh -huh. only in the last year. Yeah. Um, but basically, I've been a martial artist competing internationally since I was 14 years old. Um, mm. And my entire... Well, once I won the first world title, I was about 15. My friends used to introduce me to people as, this is Haley, she's the world champion at karate. <laughs> and um, I, I used to get really embarrassed about it. But it got to a point where um, I kind of didn't know how, I didn't know myself as any other way. Mm. And that became how people introduced me, that's how I knew myself, and karate was my life. So all of my self-worth came from the titles that I recently won or the latest tournament that had that I'd been entered in and, and competed in. And uh, I got to university. Um, I studied interior architecture at university and I was um, working full-time as an interior architect <clears throat> while I was at university. And I liked the work, but it didn't light me up. And I was having, while I was at university, I was having an all-nighter every week to get all the work done and oh, then I was wow. training yeah it was full on and then I was training until maybe 2 3 or 4 a.m sleeping for a few hours and then either going back to uni full-time or going to work the next day so I was really burning the candle at both ends um, but I wasn't actually enjoying what I was doing um, oh. it was coming from a place of like neediness and I mean I can look back and see that now at the time I was like yeah I love it it's great yeah. Um, yep. But it was coming from a place of like fear of losing, fear of losing my identity, fear of not being good enough or not being loved because I wasn't the world champion anymore. Um, and then it got to 2008 and I was training for the last world title. Um, and that was going to be in 2009. <laughs> so the 2007 ones were just over and I started training for the next one. Um, wow, and I yeah. Just, yeah, I was, you know, obsessed. But it got to the point where I, I just stopped one day and I was like, I need to go to bed. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know what's wrong with me. And then over the coming weeks, my health just went, spiraled down really, really quickly. Um, I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was really, really scared. 
And then I basically got told, congratulations, you've given yourself the type of burnout we only see in 40 to 50-year-old executives. Um, wow. You're basically never going to get better. You have to get used to, you know, living the way that you live. And we're going to give you a whole host of pills and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, you just have to get used to living like that. Um, mm-hmm. It felt really wrong to me. I didn't even like taking Panadol. Um, but I got put on antidepressants. Um, I got told, you know, you've got really severe, um, you're really symptomatic of severe depression and you have chronic fatigue and all this other stuff. And I was like, I don't feel depressed. Like I'm really bummed out. I'm really down because I'm tired all the time. But I don't think I'm depressed. Yeah, you're depressed. You're depressed. Um, you take this medication and like, you know, I only ever went to the doctor when I was really sick and it hadn't been for years. So when a doctor tells you, this is what's going on with you and if you don't deal with it, you're not going to get better, um, you listen. Well, I did. I, I kind of took that as um, as gospel. Yeah. So I took the medication. It made me really sick. And then I got told, well, it's not working properly, so we're going to give you more. And <laughs> I was in such a daze and out of it and scared and so lost, I took more. And I was like, something's not right. What? In what, on what planet does it make sense to take more of something that's not working when you take a little bit of it, a medication? Yeah. Um, and that's when I decided to take things into my own hands. And despite, you know, being told by doctors, you don't get better, you can't, um, I had to transform the way I thought about my competition. I had to transform the way I thought about my life because really my chronic fatigue gave me the break that I wanted from life, but I wasn't actually outwardly asking for it. Like I didn't like the life I was living and I got a break, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. And that, that's kind of where it began. I, I started studying um, NLP or neuro-linguistic programming um, a couple of years before, which had helped me um, break some records and win the previous world titles that I had won. And I started to wonder if that sort of mindset shift could help me overcome a health issue as well as overcome a psychological, you know, challenge to, to beat myself before. Um, mm. And that's kind of where it all started. And I started to explore being able to transform the way that you think and how you're experiencing the world and even to a, a physical experience physically in your body, if it could transform that. And it did. And that's how it all began. That's an incredible story. I'm just amazed hearing what you've been through with that. And, you know, I think people sometimes have their their breaking point in manifesting a lot of different ways. And it manifested in a big way for you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, those warning signs come when you find you're not really listening to yourself and people do it they push themselves through their day jobs and then you know also having to go to the gym and manage 10,000 commitments and and then something happens whether it is an illness or something else crumbles in their life that is kind of the wake-up call to be like hang on a second something isn't working here um and it's incredible to hear the transformation that came for you out of that because you know it starts off being quite a disempowering journey and then you start to realize or you did, you know, hang on, maybe I have the ability to do something about this, you know. 
Um, so where, where did you even begin with that? You know, you come to the realization and people might come to this at different points and go, something's not working. You know, I want to make a change here. Where did, where did you even begin with that? I mean, it must have felt so overwhelming initially. Oh, it was horrible, Connie. Like I, I, could, I couldn't get out of bed for 20 out of 24 hours in a day. And when I was awake, I wasn't awake. I was running into walls like I could barely make it to the bathroom. Um, and advice was coming from all over the place. I had no idea about what type of food I should even be putting in my body. So I had a massive learning curve. But the thing that really, 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 like, first of all, it was intuitive. Like, the doctors told me you won't get better. And I was like, I'm not coming back here. If you're not going to tell me what I don't want to hear, what I want to hear, I'm not coming back. Because I believe that if this came out of supposedly nowhere, it can go back to nowhere as well. Mm-hmm. So I decided to change paths. And it was... I guess it was kind of luck um, because in my mind I was like, okay, just because they say no, it doesn't mean that no is the only answer, but perhaps this is only one avenue I can take. And I was Mm. lucky enough to know what a naturopath was, um, to know what a chiropractor was and to start exploring those avenues. But really I had absolutely no idea. Um, But then what happened was I decided to become certified in neuro-linguistic programming after the success that it gave me in my sport and the mm-hmm. course was coming up about six months into my illness where I, I couldn't get out of bed and my dad decided to do it with me and he said how you know if you can't get through the day we'll go home and we'll come, come back and do it when you're better and so I decided to rock up to the course and it was 9 a.m. until about 7 p.m. and it went for seven days in a row I had no idea how I was going to get through it mm-hmm. but when I sat in that room and I started listening and hearing basically names for everything you subconsciously do in your life already and and I started understanding how your psychology works and how we have a certain perception of the world except it's one option and it's just Mm -hmm. based on everything we've been programmed to experience in our entire life and we started talking about these sciences that I'd never heard of before but it excited me and it it struck a chord with me and I was awake Mm -hmm. and I managed to get through the entire seven days there was a couple of times I had to go and have a little nap Um, but I got through it and it was I was more awake in those seven days than I had been for the past six months Mm -hmm. and I knew that when I was on purpose like something was right about that scenario and I had energy and I was like okay my energy is not based on this physical illness because if I can feel better in that scenario, even if it's for five seconds, I can feel better for 10 seconds and then I can feel better for a minute or an hour or three hours or five hours. Like if I can get there, it means I can make it last. I just have to look at what are the key factors and the common denominators that make me feel good in a certain environment. And that's when I started playing with like, okay, my mind's got a lot to do with this. Mm. And that was a big ego thing as well. You know, what I love what you're sharing is like you said it, it kind of like came from a decision. I think it's that moment you start 
that something clicks and you make a decision and it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, whether you're just in a job that you hate or whether you have manifested a, a quite intense situation through an illness, you make that decision where you, as you said, open up to a new possibility, the possibility mm-hmm. that the way that things are at the moment isn't the only way, that perhaps there could be a different way and the realisation that perhaps I'm actually contributing to the fact that it's staying the same because I'm thinking the same thoughts or this is what the only thing that I believe is possible and therefore I'm creating that as the only thing that's possible. And I think it's that, that change begins the moment you decide to open your mind and kind of be like, maybe there's another way or maybe I can explore other options and as you said when you were in that um, in that seven-day program which kind of defies you know the um, what you had been experiencing which was unable to even get out of bed you know and here you are in a seven-day program um, because you started to open your mind and say maybe I could possibly sit through this maybe I can manage this maybe I can stay for 10 minutes or an hour or the whole day and it's like that minute you you say, maybe I can do that. It's like you open up this whole other world of possibility, right? It's so true. And I don't know where that thought came from either. It was it was just a thought that I had. It was, you know, it, the thought happens to you all by yourself. It doesn't come from somewhere else. Like you'll have that thought and you have to roll with it. And it's such a tiny little moment when you're like, maybe it could be different. But the rest of the world can really jump on that thought in an instant and quash it Mm. and I mean when I I remember the moment when I was like no I'm not going back to the doctor it scared the I don't know if I can swear it scared the crap out of (laughs) my parents my friends my boyfriend everyone was like Haley, you're really sick you need to pay attention to the people who know what to do um but something in my head was like yeah but but what if, what if, what if? And um, I don't believe that everyone needs to kind of fight the way that I thought I had to fight to roll with that belief. Because these days, like with things like the internet, there's so much research about everything online. Um, but I just did, I had no idea that there was another way. It was just, I feel so lucky that, I was given the space in those seven days to actually entertain that thought. And if there's any message I can give someone listening to this, it's just please entertain that thought, even if it's just for a moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and mm. you were saying that in the NLP, you started to become aware of the unconscious stuff, which I would love mm. to talk more about with you because you know, I see this so much in my work as well. And this has been my own journey as well of realizing, um, you know, what the unconscious beliefs and programmings and patterns were that were running my life. And mm. you mentioned in your journey, it was like you were being driven by this need, you know, to succeed and, and um, whatever was going on around, you know, the competitiveness and the, the, the championships you were completing. But so many people, they're, rather than doing what they really love, what's really right for them, what is supportive for them, we're driven by unconscious stuff that's just deeply programmed in there. And, um, you know, I, I was, my life was driven by that for so many years where um, I didn't even know why I was doing what I was doing. It just kind of yeah. was what I did, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
so so you start to have this awareness of oh there's you know that's even the first step for people to have the awareness that there's unconscious beliefs and programmings that are running my life that life doesn't have to be this way but I'm I'm creating it this way so where did you begin with that process of of realizing all that uh, that stuff was there unconsciously and then um, what do we kind of do with it you know once we start to go on that journey well it's so interesting because when you think about it if you were somebody in say um, like our, our programming and our beliefs are so strong that we have physical experiences such as taste that mm. feel really real to us but it's simply a matter of programming so to give you a really extreme example um, mm -hmm. if we were in say Papua New Guinea and um, we were going to cook up a massive feast and I put I got you really excited about this beautiful feast that we were going to have and you would imagine the types of foods that might come out on the table that you would typically imagine as a beautiful feast and mm -hmm. I popped in front of you a guinea pig hair mm -hmm. on you know you don't exactly your mouth doesn't water when you hear that <laughs> if you were in Papua New Guinea that's a that's an amazing meal that's like a roast dinner. That's a beautiful meal. It's a very, um, a very common, really yummy, yummy meal for people in Papua New Guinea to have, the delicacy. But if you put that in front of someone in Australia, they would balk at it. It's not a delicacy. And it's not that people in Papua New Guinea are wrong and that people in Australia are right. In fact, it's that people in Australia are right and people in Papua New Guinea are right. It's simply based on the fact that ever since we grew up and ever since people in Papua New Guinea grew up, that's what we've been programmed to experience as a good meal. Mm. You know, and you see that through, even all around Australia, you see people who eat really well and people who don't eat really well naturally. They've been programmed to think that this is good food. It's a good experience to eat this food. This type of thing tastes good. So mm. our experience of that food, if I grew up in Papua New Guinea and every single time it was good meal time and we had you know, family around and, and everyone was eating guinea pig and it was like, yum, yum, yum. You would eat it, you get used to the taste and you start to associate good taste, good feelings with guinea pig. And that's how we start to program ourselves. And it's just based on our environment. It's based on our culture, the time that we grew up in, as in, you know, the century. Um, and literally our environment and the things that um, we grew up in and the experiences that we have and our family and our friends and all of these external um, factors dictate the programming that we have as we grow up. So we develop beliefs, we develop attitudes about our life, we develop um, emotions towards significant things mm -hmm. and it's simply a case of um, looking at yourself as if you were, have you seen the movie The Matrix? Yeah, I have. I saw it years ago, though, so I can't right. remember it exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if you can remember this certain bit, but I always associate to it. They were kind of on the computer and there's like heaps of numbers, kind of like the back of a website. There's no words, just all numbers and letters. And it's mm -hmm. code. So if you imagine a human being who's made up of just simply coding and it's coding that we've taken on from our environment as we grow up, but that coding can simply be ripped out and replaced whenever you choose, if you start to look at yourself 
are simply made up of stacks and stacks of programming that you've grown up with. Mm. So that's something a bit heady to kind of comprehend in the beginning. But if you think about um, the beliefs that certain people or anyone carry around that stop them from having certain experiences because of what they believe, mm. it's simply a case of looking at, okay, what programming do I have that says that this is what I must believe? Like, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do this or have that or be with this person. If somebody's walking around with programming or a belief that dictates what they are or aren't good enough to do or have, they'll never experience anything more than that because it's like having a filter over yeah. your eyes. And once I learned about that, I looked at every single area of my life and just asked myself, what do I believe about this? Yeah. And your beliefs come out in your conversation. It's just like, it's the opinion that you give. You're speaking your beliefs. It's what you know to be true about anything. I, I wrote down everything I believed about life, what I thought was hard, what I thought was great. And then I asked myself, does this work? Like, is this going to serve me for where I want to go? Yeah. And I think the easiest thing you can do um, as an action step, I guess, to start changing that is going, well, what do I want instead? What would I love to believe? And start repeating that to yourself. Simply start shifting the neural pathways so you start to have a different experience. And it's, it's very simple. Yeah. Um, it's almost disappointingly simple. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I, you've said so many amazing things there. And, and even for, for people to grasp initially, you know, this is often where I start with people as well, is, is to see, firstly, how attached we are often to our beliefs. It's like, mm -hmm. this is real. This is true. Mm -hmm. This is what I yeah. know about the world. And, and your beliefs form this map of, of your reality. And then that internal map is reflected in your external map. So you're kind of... What, how you see the world, what you believe to be true, what you believe about yourself and think is possible is what you'll end up creating in your world. And, and I think even that first moment that you realize maybe this isn't actually true or maybe this isn't what reality is. This is just a reflection of what I believe about the world. And, and what I believe about the world is simply things that I learned as I was growing up. It's all learnt behavior. It's not any mm -hmm. of it is not any more real than anything else. It's just a something you've learned and the moment that yeah as you start to realize that I remember that when I I think I probably came about that through reading Anthony Robbins who also teaches oh, yeah. NLP and mm -hmm. and I read his books I actually read them when I was about 20 and that was I remember I I thought I wanted to be Tony Robbins like I read his books <laughs> and I was like this is the coolest thing ever like I want to teach this to people um and I didn't know what I was doing at age 20, but I was just so excited by what I was learning because it was the first time I felt empowered in my life. It was the first time I was like, oh, hang on, maybe I have the ability to change some of this stuff. Like just because I've been this way for 20 years doesn't mean I have to be like that for the next 20 years or just because this is what I've experienced in the past doesn't mean I have to experience that in the future. And I love what you said about writing that down and I definitely encourage people do that Look at what your beliefs are about relationships, about money, yeah. about your career, about your body and that age old I'm not good enough and and that I'm not good enough story, it's like people think it's really true. 
it's like, this is the truth. I'm not good enough to be in the relationship of my dreams. I'm not good enough to make, you know, six figures a year. And that's just how it is. But the moment that you realize that that's just your programming, as you've said, it's like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I could actually change that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your, your mind is like, it's as if your set of beliefs and experiences, it's like walking into a dark room with a torch. Mm. And all you've got is the torch. And when you start exploring this type of um, reprogramming of your mind, it's kind of like turning a light on so you can see everything in the room and then going, oh, okay, I'm going to point the torch that way and then turning off the light again. So you have the experience that you choose. Mm. Mm. So you've got, let's say, you've got your beliefs, right? And you're looking at them and... And at times it can be really confronting and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what's going through my head. Like, no wonder my life isn't working, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first started this and I was looking at what I believed about myself and I was like, this is really confronting. Like, wow, I actually yeah. don't believe very many empowering things about myself. Um, and so I know you, you, you probably work with people a lot on this, on what we actually do, you know, and, and you're right, it is really simple but I feel like we overcomplicate it and people come, for example, to coaches like me and like, are like, help fix me, you know. But mm -hmm. what you're saying is kind of like, well, could I just choose to believe something else, right? Yeah. It's like it's what's going to give me more choices in life rather than less. Mm. And, yeah, what are the beliefs that are going to take me to where I want to be? Yeah, and I, I'm always I'm always for people having more choices rather than less because it allows you to expand. Um, unfortunately, most people are walking around in a daze of like disempowerment, um, where as we grow up, we learn about all the things we can't do, and we become sort of boxed in, and yeah. we don't think to question our reality. Like, is this the only way that it could be? So. I guess in order to change what you want to do is to simply look at a situation and ask yourself, well, is this what I want? You know, perhaps um, there's a certain amount of money that you're making and, and it's not what you want. Um, or you're in a relationship and you ask yourself, is this what I want? And if it's not, you simply ask, what do I want instead? What do I really, really want instead? And... The difference between you and the person who has that is simply what they believe about themselves and being able to have it. Oh my gosh, so, I just love, I love that you said that. That is so spot on. The difference yeah. between where you are and someone who has what you want is simply the, the belief. It, it is. It's just they're just being who they need to be to get it. Yeah, they're just believing what they need to believe in order to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and you can hear you can hear what people believe just through conversation, like I said. And so, ask yourself, okay, what must they believe about themselves that puts them in that situation? They believe that they're worth this amount of money. They believe that they are lovable. They they believe that they are loved. Um, they believe that they're worth being treated like a queen or a king. Yeah. Um, they believe that they're worth fine details, you know, whatever it might be, um, yeah. they have the beliefs that allow them to slot into that level of life. 
And unless you believe those things about yourself, it's always going to feel like an uphill battle and like you're grazing against sandpaper. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, but then I yeah. guess if figuring out what do they believe is very difficult because you're at the beginning of this journey and it's hard to pick up what do they believe, ask yourself, okay, if that was me, what would I be doing differently right now? Mm. If I had what I wanted and if I was that person in the position of where I want to be, what would I be doing differently in this moment? How would I stand? How would I speak? What type of people would I communicate with? Would I be hanging around in these situations? Is that the type of food that I would be putting in my mouth? Make your decisions now from who you want to be. And that helps shift your beliefs without you needing to consciously think about what your beliefs are. Very easy. Yes. And, you know, I feel like so many people have it backwards. They're kind of like, once I manifest the change, then I'll really believe that about myself. You, <laughs> yeah. You have to, yeah. You have to, you know, once I see the evidence that I'm that person, but you, it's like the act as if thing, right? Like you kind of have to play the game on yourself initially. Even particularly if you want to work on something like self-love, it's like, someone who loved themselves completely, how would they hold their body? What would they do when they looked in the mirror? How would they take care of themselves? How would they eat? How would they speak about themselves? And it is a little bit of a game initially playing that with yourself. But as you know from the unconscious mind, like it doesn't know the difference between what you see with your eyes and what you imagine. It's all just pictures on the screen of your mind. So you can play almost these little games where you're actually reprogramming your unconscious about how it sees you and, and who you are. And as you be different, your, your world is different um, to reflect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Visualiz Visualization is huge. Yeah. And the, yeah, the new images in your mind. And, mm -hmm. and I know people that I work with um, sometimes, they're okay with kind of picking a new thought, but they wonder, how do I turn that into a belief? So how do I break this old belief that seems so ingrained and instill a new one? And, and I always kind of say to them, well, that old belief, you've probably been practicing that for 20, 30, 40, mm -hmm. 50 years, right? Like a really long time. And maybe this new one you've been practicing for two weeks. So it's not going to be as strong, but it's, it's that repetition, right, of just continuing to build that thought. And the, the more that you think something, it eventually becomes a belief. So is that what you encourage as well, that just repetition of this new way of being? Yeah, absolutely. There are processes that you can do um, in NLP to, like, shift beliefs very quickly. But mm. I think it's really fun to actually think about who you need to be in every moment. And so think about okay, what do I want instead? What, what does, what's the belief that goes with that? What's the belief that I now want to hold, which is probably the complete opposite of the belief that I had before, let's mm -hmm. be honest. So, mm -hmm. okay, this is the belief I want to have. If I believe that, how would I be showing up in the world? And then ask yourself, okay, what type of qualities do I need to take on now? Who do I need to be? And you might come up with a few words, like, okay, I need to be proactive. I need to be, um, I need to put myself out there. I need to be, you know, self-loving or, or caring of myself. I need to be confident. Um, and take on these words and then when you have an opportunity and you feel that, that old sensation coming up like, oh, I'm not good enough for this or um, I don't know what to do in this situation, 
you know, part of me wants to run away from it, but I really actually want to go there, but, you know, I can feel resistance to doing it. And you know it's because of your old programming, which says you're not good enough or whatever. So yeah. you ask yourself, okay, you know, if I'm being who I need to be, would I do this? What's going to force me to be who I need to be? Is it saying yes to this or is it saying no to it? And if you think about that, being who you need to be, being the person who holds that belief, it will force you, and I say force because I like to put myself in situations where I'm like, okay, this is outside of my comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. And so that forces you to be who you need to be and, and you just grow by doing it more and more and more. Um, mm-hmm. So you ask yourself, does this opportunity, is this going to encourage me or force me to be who I need to be? If the answer is yes, then you just say yes. Um, yeah. In the beginning, in the beginning, you suck at being your beliefs. Like, we all suck at it. It's like, oh, it's really hard. It's nerve-wracking. Like, you feel scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you do it more and more and more, it becomes fun. And you start to mm-hmm. really get to experience being the person who believes that. And I love that because that's such a powerful way to move beyond fear. Like, my example, example of that is um, when I started running workshops, which I ran my first one back in December, and, like, I literally, I kid you not, I'm, like, petrified of public speaking. Yeah. Like, I'm just terrified. And, and I would get shaky and nervous and I wouldn't be able to think clearly. And it was like a nightmare, honestly, the thought of having to speak in front of people. But there was this really strong desire to do it. And mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember I just had to decide. I was just like, I'm going to do this event and I'm going to spend, I had about a month leading up to it, I'm going to spend that month becoming the person who I would need to be at that event. And I just really kept aligning myself with how I wanted to feel, how I wanted to show up, what I wanted to be able to speak, you know, like the energy I wanted to have. And, and I, and I almost just pretended I was already that person and I would just see myself there as if that's what it was going to be like. And the thing that was really cool about having to show up at that event was that I had no choice. I had people who had paid money who were sitting in front of me waiting for something. I couldn't run the old pattern. I couldn't play the I'm scared, I can't do this card. I had to show up. And that was an incredible example for me of what you shared, which is you put that self in yourself in that situation and you're forced to embody that new energy and be that. And it's actually amazing what happens when you do that. <laughs> it is. You, you kind of instantly grow to a level that you would never have grown to if you had just continued to think about it and make tiny little decisions. When you lock in something big that forces you to be who you need to be, maybe it's a plane ticket um, or a workshop or a course or you know a personal trainer or some kind of accountability in some way, it just, that's you thinking about, okay, who do I need to be? And just being that instantly. There's no like, What's the next step forward from where I am right now? Then what's the next step after that? No, stop that. Just go, okay, who do I need to be? And let's just lock it in. Yeah. It's never going to not be scary. And the first time you do anything is always the worst. (laughs) 
Yeah, and because I was playing the game on myself, which I think so many people play in their minds, is I'm going to wait to run this event until I feel comfortable speaking in front of people, right? And so we do so much of that. I'm going to go out and start dating once I feel more confident in myself, or I'm going to go and apply for my dream job once I've got a little bit more under my belt or, or, you know, skills, whatever. And or I'm going to go and do this once I lose a bit of weight. It's like this constant um, delay because we're afraid. But um, it's, it's again, it's that flip. It's like you have to be that person first and then you just choose to show up and you kind of become that person even more. But, yeah, I think for people to realise how much they hold off taking action, waiting, thinking they have to be someone different first, but you just become that person now. You do, and you'll only become it by actually taking the actions to do it. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting when you take a few little steps forward and you, like you said, you wait until you, um, you wait until you feel good before you do it, but you're never going to ever feel ready. And the opportunities to be who you need to be, like, on the other side of things, they never stop coming. So if you, for example, decided to run a workshop and the first time you did it, you didn't enjoy it, it wasn't fun, or you felt like you really messed it up or didn't go well, there's always another opportunity to do it again. But the more you put off being who you need to be, the longer it takes to get where you want to go. So one of my mentors, he told me, dare to suck, number one, (laughs) and the first is your worst. His name's Clinton Swain. And that advice had me running workshops, you know, way before I was ready and locking things in because I was like, you know what, he's right. The first time I give this a go, it's not going to be perfect. I need to get over my perfectionism and Mm. just begin and that's actually what helped me get where I wanted to go just locking things in and and yeah I was afraid that I was going to fail but knowing that even if I did fail I wasn't going to die it wasn't the end of the world you just yeah and and realizing um you can make that failure mean whatever you want so based Mm -hmm. again on our own programming one person could make I mean failure you know um may not be the word for it but you could make that mean, oh, my God, I suck. I can't do this. I'm never going to do that again. I shouldn't have tried to step out of my comfort zone. You know, you could make it mean that. Or you could make it mean, oh, my gosh, I just learned so much about myself and <laughs> and the next time is going to be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> or in my case, good, the first one's out of the way. It's only up from here. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh, Haley, this has been the most incredible conversation. Like I, I'm so fascinated by you and I'm so glad I've got to um, share your story because you're such an incredible example of what can happen when you do shift your mindset going from any, you know, something as extreme as chronic fatigue at, to, you know, being where you are now in the world. And I know you just, you're traveling the world, you work with people all over the world and, you know, it's it's incredible um is there anything you know that you wanted to you wanted to share on a final note that we haven't covered you know around this kind of topic oh <laughs> I know um, it's such a big one but it's a big one I think when it comes to transforming your mind um 
your perception of reality is your reality. So whatever's going on inside that map, as we spoke about before, um, your map of reality is not necessarily what is really real. So explore, explore what you believe, explore what your experiences are. If there's something that you don't like, simply just ask, what do I want instead? And then look at what you need to do to go there. And then gather all the support you can get for stepping into who you need to be right now. You're never going to feel ready to do it. Um, When I was sick, you know, everyone was telling me, you don't get better. You need to just calm down because this is, you know, this is wrong. You're probably going to get sick again. You're, you're, and when I got better, oh, you're probably in remission. You know, you need to chill out. Um, pay attention to those little inkling thoughts that you have on maybe this could be different and honor those because that's your intuition speaking up and it will never lead you astray. So true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to be willing to listen to that over what perhaps your old beliefs or programmings or other people yeah. are telling you. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Haley, this has just been so beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely loved it. Um, Thank before, you for having me. Before, no, my pleasure. Before we say goodbye, do you want to share with us anything that you're currently up to, anything you're working on, what's happening in the world of Haley Carr? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm in Australia at the moment. Um, I think I'm going to be moving uh, overseas again in a couple of months but uh, in March uh, I'll be running a workshop with a friend of mine from New York City who's a psychic medium and uh, yeah we're going to be talking about the spiritual side of transforming your mind and then the practical side as well so it's a nice combination of spirituality and practicalness that's not even a word uh, yeah so it's going to be in Sydney and um Yeah, there's other things going on as well. There's going to be a coaching program coming up, but uh, all in good time. (laughs) Awesome. Where's your event being held and when? Well, it's in Sydney. Um, We're looking at, I think, around the 18th of March. It's just Mm -hmm. to be confirmed at the moment in the venue. So um, that'll be up on the website. Cool. I'm going to keep an eye out for that because that sounds really cool. (laughs) Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for your time, beautiful. I really, really appreciate it. And um, anyone listening who really digs what Haley's talking about, please go and check out her work because it's um, it's really, really powerful. Thank you, Haley. It's been so nice talking to you. I'll um, I'll chat to you again soon. Thanks very much, Connie. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks okay. for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.